Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are Live from the Path. You're listening to Live from the Path. We're coming to you from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. Not for long, Ben. What are we, not for long? What are we getting kicked? Are we losing the lease? No, you're involved in nefarities. You're going to get arrested. I'm not involved in nefarities. We're going to talk about it. Okay. Okay, we're going to talk about it. So things on on the docket today. Uh, I, I invested in GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bought, a, I bought a few shares. I decided I wanted in on it. So we're going to cover, one, what is actually, what, what's going on, and I'll do my best to explain it. Uh, and I think the question is, uh, Mike has for me, is should I, should I be involved in it? Uh-huh. What, what are the motivations, pure motivations, uh, or based upon the motivations that are in it, should, uh, should I be involved? Yeah, pure wrong motivations. And so to clarify, I recall a conversation from, I want to say, four months ago, which you affirmed uh, my purchasing uh, call options on uh, uh, medicinal marijuana stock. Uh, and also seem to be partially okay with investing in some sort of m- cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you relented after a good 40 minutes, but it seemed like you just wanted to be done with it, uh, not that you weren't actually okay. I, I mean, here, most of the marijuana stock that's available is, is based out of Canada, where it's legal. Uh, yeah, that's true. So what's the problem? <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just saying. I, here's the thing is there's been a lot of... Uh, I, I don't read, obviously, the news much, but I did see... Because I have, I got a free five dollar stock from Robinhood uh, that yeah. someone sent me, and then I've put no more money in there, and I've continued to play with that five dollars, and I've gotten it up to sixteen dollars. Nice. And I'm very happy with my investments, except for I've recently invested in not GameStop because I can't afford it; it's too high, too high a bill. But I, I basically here's what you want to know my trade secrets on how I get the best investments. Hit me. I Google best penny stocks whatever month we're in <laughs> followed by the year well, <laughs> call you Warren Buffett <laughs> yeah and then I assume the first three are probably the best investments because they were listed first very similar to the Bible and then I go let's check these guys out for a couple of days and if they go green I go yes <laughs> we shall stay that that suave investment uh, has gotten me uh, 15 15 dollars I mean that's a heck of a return Mike yeah it is it's pretty good okay I, all right, I'll so what's I'll going on with GameStop, and can I be involved? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. We're definitely going to talk about that. Okay, uh, I did see an article, uh, and it says Todd Bentley announces return to ministry after hearing from God. You guys remember this guy? No, no. He was so we had a string of about a year ago. We had a string of dudes that were getting booted from ministry, like they didn't belong in there. And this guy's one of them. Okay, <laughs> and uh, he said, actually, let's check him out. Approximately one year after a team of evangelical leaders declared him not qualified for leadership due to credible allegations of ungodly and immoral behavior, including predatory sexual activity, Fresh Fire USA leader Todd Bentley says he's now back after hearing from God. Is there a t- let, let me ask you this. Is there a time limit at all? Like, if someone like this, like, we've, we talked about this before, like, can you, is there a biblical example of someone being called back into ministry who hosed it that you can think of? David. I mean, that wasn't really ministry. That was, you know, king. he was king of all. His <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did. He would. I mean, you could make the same accusation that he used his influence, his, his power, his influence over uh, uh, others uh, to influence Bathsheba to his side. Yes. 
Very much did he that. Said, she, he sent the, sent the lady's husband to die in the front lines. Yes. But he was never like disqualified from kingship. No. Like you would like in, in was ministry. The, now, you would hold like, on. Was the Israelite king back in the day the head priest? No, they still had priests. Right. They still had the, the Levites, right? Yeah. So he didn't. He, uh, well. No, kind of apples and oranges. Okay. 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 Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like uh, I, I'm going to be upset at this because it's been a year. But like, in your mind, does, is 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 there a reasonable amount of time? Because I'm almost of a no. Yeah. Like you just shouldn't do this anymore. You you can do you can serve the kingdom in a thousand other ways. But I, I just don't know if God's in this for you. He's got you doing this. That, that that's where I would lean. But at the same time, like in some big personality person, that you, I mean, you just, you just don't know the person. Yeah. You have to hope that they're surrounded by very well trusted people yeah. who really know his soul and not just yes men right right right, like, right you know that that can verify you know he really is ready okay let's see what it says yeah let's i think it, it it'll it'll bear out a little bit on what is exactly his return to ministry looks like okay yeah. bentley who turned 45 last month said as the crow man 40 i haven't done anything with my life this guy's had a chance to grow a church lose a church and then try to get back in one i feel like i haven't i feel like i haven't lived no like bentley's mm-hmm. lived uh, who turned 45 last month said as the coronavirus pandemic raged in parts of the country in the summer of 2020 he was experiencing a time of healing and restoration with angels and communing with God mm-hmm. it was last summer in July slash August 2020 that I had a series of angelic encounters visions and personal encounters with the Lord that were absolutely life changing the he's same out. time <laughs> what <laughs> was that an out he's out already he's out <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the same time Jess and I used this time to see healing and incredible restoration in our own lives and marriage during this awesome season of almost daily personal encounters the Lord spoke to me about my 45th birthday which took place on January 10th 2021 just months prior to this to his angelic encounters they could at least put in quotes <laughs> um, yeah. evangelical leaders including host of the nationally syndicated line of fire radio program Michael Brown said Bentley was unfit for ministry Based on our careful review of numerous first-hand reports, some of them dating back to 2004, we state our theological opinion and say with one voice that, without a doubt, Todd is not qualified to serve in leadership or ministry today. Okay. There are credible ac- accusations of a steady pattern of ungodly and immoral behavior confirmed by an independent investigator's interviews dating from 2008 through 2019, along with other testimonies dating back to 2004. And while we only took into account first-hand reports, there are many other second- and third-hand reports repeating the same accusations, often from people in different parts of the country or world who had no connection between them other than their interaction with Todd. Hmm. The Light and Light Ministries leader said Bentley has a perverse sexual addiction that drove him to prey on interns. Uh, He alleged that Bentley has an appetite for a variety of sexual sins, including both homosexual and heterosexual activity, and accused the evangelist, evangelist of indulging in an open marriage with his wife, Jessa. Despite his earthly disqualification from ministry, Bentley said God had given him a fresh 25-year mandate focused on the harvest and the nations. Yeah, I don't like his language. This seems, this seems like baloney. He's speaking to gullible people. Uh, okay, well, here's what he says about it. I thought it was very unusual for the Lord to be speaking to me six months before the day I was born, but he spoke to me about picking up the mantle in a new 25-year mandate focused on the harvest and the nations. Imagine waiting those six months for your actual birthday to see if something supernatural would happen. And when my birthday came, I did pray and received what I believe the Lord spoke to me in faith, and I'm ready to walk it out this year. Okay, let's see. Here's what he's going to do. Here's the payoff, what God set up for him. I'm working on a new podcast series, which will be available for free and released on many different platforms, every other pastor in the United States. And our content will focus on walking with God. I will also continue to build a new platform for TV and media ministry, 
while taking a few ministry engagements later this spring and summer. Who's hiring this man? Praise. we ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom in navigating our schedule through the current pandemic as we find it quite difficult to travel internationally with so many different restrictions still in place, and we believe that these things will open up more and more this year. I'm also working on a new series of online training schools and several Revival Harvest, America, Africa, Europe, and Asian mission soul-winning crusades. As he remains grounded by the pandemic, Bentley said he's been busy with mentoring his five-year-old daughter. He's also encouraging people to give to his ministry. Was that a comma, mentoring, comma, his five-year-old daughter, or mentoring his five-year-old daughter? Mentoring his five-year-old daughter. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Okay. I mean, it's it's so I don't know the man. I don't know the man. Uh, The Holy Spirit does redemptive work. I think that's true. Uh, Yeah. God's pretty straightforward on uh, what he expects out of his leadership, and um, he doesn't give a whole ton, ton load of caveats. Yeah. Uh, and so where I think uh, it's just like everything else where I think people go, um, Hey man, it seems unfair to throw this, this guy and everything he's ever done in the dumpster because he sins. Everybody sins. Right. And I think that, uh, I think that's fair. Holy spirit can, uh, Jesus paid to resolve this debt and he's more than welcome in the kingdom of God. Uh, if true repentance has happened, um, putting him back in a place of leadership, especially ones that have his name all over it. Uh, and seemed to be totally bent on his popularity through different forms of media, um, it, it, it seems a little sided to one direction. Like if he said, look, I've been called to pastor a country church with 20 people in it, yeah. and I'm going to live my days out here mm-hmm. because that's what God has for me. Yeah, um, yeah but angels appeared to him. Yeah. He's a pretty special guy. Uh, on his birthday. <laughs> on which, my birthday. Which the Lord honors. Here's it's known to honor throughout the biblical story <laughs> yeah. and text. I mean, I think here's I think here's what's what's generally pretty clear in Scripture, which is God. God deals with with the humble, and and He won't deal with you. Uh, in fact, the the arrogant guy that you that pops to mind, Peter, was humbled before God used him in a, in in as powerful ways he could, and so like. I, 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 it doesn't pass a sniff test to me, understanding God's character and seeing how he works through people, that the first thing God would do after this guy has not only fallen from a, a level of responsibility within the church and harmed people in the process um, is to reestablish him in a place that is rife with your own arrogance. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. So, like, if, if you're, let's, let's say that you had a, a tinge towards uh, sexual sin in this manner. Um, it would be odd for you to throw yourself right back into the opportunity, right? Most people would protect it and go, look, uh, no, I just don't know. I just don't think I can do that. I don't think I can travel like that. I don't think I can be alone like that. I, I, I don't think that's the right. best idea for me. God has called me to sit in this room by my lonesome where I can't be a trouble to somebody, and maybe I'm going to write. Right. And, and people what, can learn from my my current humility. And what were we talking about a couple of weeks ago that, like, I mean, uh, we discount the power of prayer to the point where we go, these monks aren't doing anything. I mean, these these are options, right? Like the power of prayer moves all kinds of things, right? Like in humility, prayer. Uh, but that's not it's not a thought process. It's uh, this this ministry that I've named that has its own 4013C account, by the way. Uh, send money to it, and I will travel the entire world as a as a American, and I will revolutionize Europe and Africa which there's good godly people in both Europe and Africa that are hustling and humble and listening to the word of God. And, and, and what, we're, what we're being fooled to be told is that uh, that type of interaction is necessary coming from our camp, say the American evangelists, that those countries will not know Jesus uh, without us giving a bunch of money to this thing and sending it 
you know, sending one of our spokesmen, this man apparently is the best we have to offer. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think the rub here is is two things that we otherwise would believe is the, is the Holy Spirit capable of restoring people? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and then, uh, of course, common colloquialism: God, God works in mysterious ways. I mean, she can, uh, but those are not those are not the right foundation to otherwise say. Well, any you can claim anything, right? Like Jesus seems to think, uh, and the Bereans seem to think. That uh, you can you can take what people are saying and doing up against scripture and get a sniff on it and say this is this seems right or doesn't seem right, mm-hmm. uh, and so I don't think we get to open up. This is why people protect against. They get worried about hey, can this does the spirit speak to me? Is it what, what is the notion of, of a personal prophecy? Like they get weirded out by this stuff because of this very type of thing. God mm-hmm. told me I could do something that no human who loves and serves Jesus could possibly condone. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know the right move here? The the who's the guy that spoke out against him that said, "Look, we don't think he's fit for ministry." Uh, Michael Mi- Brown. Michael Brown, yeah. Yeah. The thing to do is if you were if you were Todd, is to call Michael Brown and go, "I had a vision that God wants me back in ministry. Uh, will you pray with me that he gives you the same yeah. vision?" Yeah. Yeah. Right. There you go. Right? Yeah. I I think that's legit, right? I'd put two or three other people on it and, and say, "Look, if God wants this to be, he'll show up to po- folks. I've seen him do it." Right? It's completely legit. And, and and it grounds, uh, you know, your workings through the Holy Spirit and through biblical counsel and people that love and follow Jesus. I don't know Michael Brown, but, but like, if he loves and follows Jesus, then uh, I, I would get two or three people, especially people who are in the same faith that I am, uh, that would humble themselves before the Holy Spirit and have them pray on it, too. And then if we're a go... Mike Benedan and Nathaniel could shut up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Absolutely shut their mouth. They don't nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I I don't see that as happening, right? Like, if all you can say is, it's like, I got a vision, and once again, I don't think anybody's talking about not forgiving a guy here. That's no, not what no, we're talking that's, about. No, no, that's a different thing. Right? We're talking about putting you in charge of uh, people that you, uh, you know, predatorized yeah. sexually. Right. right. I, I, yeah. we've shrugged our shoulders at this in so many areas for too many years. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just seems flat out irresponsible to not rock a boat and go, look, man, I, it's just not you. I'm sorry. It's yeah. not going to happen. Well, if you were to go to a place to find a bunch of really fantastic stories of God really doing huge monster things throughout history, it'd probably be, I don't know, the Bible, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So read your entire Bible. All the people mentioned in the Bible, how many of them had angels showing up to them? A few. A few. I mean, a guy who was going to give birth to a son who would be the forerunner to the Messiah. That's a that's a big deal. Right. That's a big yep. deal. Yep. Uh, the girl who's going to give birth to the Messiah. All right. Yep. Uh, I mean, Ezekiel, there was, there was some angels, but it was really God showing. I mean. Right. Like Ezekiel and John both were in God's space. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. wasn't a, you know. But even David didn't have. You know, that I can think of any stories of angels showing up and saying, you're going to do this. I mean, he just was a cool dude with faith. I mean, right? I mean, yep. yeah. Uh, and name it. No, no, something. N- fire none ministries. of them were like, build a ministry, build a kingdom. It was like, hey, God's going to use you to do this thing. And he's that dude's going to. Uh, yeah. This just smells terrible. Yeah. 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 Here's the thing, it's like I could be totally on board. But like, I, I know you can find me not giving the Holy Spirit free reign to do nutty things. Some people tell yeah. me some stories where they've had a run-in with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's just flat out freaks me out. I, don't, I have no experience in what you're saying, and I don't get it, right? Yeah. But, like, talking to the same guy, I smell Jesus all over him, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, like, 
I could God can do what he wants. Yeah. yeah. I could be yeah. found uh, being on the wrong side of this thing. But once again, um, if there's one thing that we've done very, very poorly is like there's a difference between being a follower of Christ and being like running your own mini kingdom underneath the kingdom of Christ. Right? Like humi- I don't know what humility looks like for between God and him. I don't know. God, that's God's deal. Right? I do know that like there's enough structure with how he set up the Old Testament laws and basically what Paul described most of the way that the that the church was to operate that this is a hard sell. Right? This is a, this is a hard thing to believe and the, the the only thing I can think that could weigh the odds and push it in his favor is to chuck prayer into it and go God you got to tell I mean I would be praying the same thing. Can you imagine the weight of a true humble person yeah. who did these things right and god's showing up going i have things for you to do and you're like i no, <laughs> uh i don't know don't I've make got, me go back out there right, I've got right. To, <laughs> i gotta have some support i gotta have some people who who you know god pushed me out and and, and god you gotta tell them because i can't just run out this on my own accord this seems like a huge mistake you know like it, to walk in that humbly I, I think takes more than just your own word and your interaction with the holy spirit yeah, man, that's a really good point because I feel like God would have to do, I mean, absolutely everything. Like any step that felt like I was making a decision, I, I feel like I would find very suspect to, to, to go about something where you've, you know that you've caused hurt um, and that you've damaged God's church, like the people in it, the relationship with God in the way that you've behaved. If you had a, if God was telling you that you needed to get back out and do ministry, like I, I feel like I'd be a, confirming absolutely everything you want me to do what now i want to do the 10 person church how many <laughs> right like mm-hmm. do you, you mean no tv no you're gonna have to show me you're gonna have to be like you're gonna have to show up here because like there's no way that i feel like this is right like anything that felt like my own idea i would be suspicious of myself mm-hmm. I've, I've i remain suspicious of myself to this day <laughs> just from sure. my general demeanor yeah 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 this guy is trying he he smells like someone trying to convince people. Yeah. And, and rather than the opposite. So, yeah. Right. You you think more aptly you would find out that he had once again started a country church or something and then 20 years from now you're like, "No kidding. Look what God did." Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, have yeah right. And we're t- yeah. And it, it's everything we like. It's everything we we love. Like, can you once again imagine the things that this man has done and to find out that a savior was willing to pay for all those things and even put you in right relationship with God. That's enough. That's enough right there. On top of that, he also sanctified that you have a TV ministry and podcast and, 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 and a teaching platform, and now you travel internationally. Look, man, this is everything that got you in trouble last time. Even if I didn't know anything about him, if I just met the man and he told me half his life story, I go, look, you need to be real careful here. If your intent is to follow Jesus and follow him well, I would run everything that has even the hint of glorifying you through prayer with somebody else. And make them make the and call. probably someone who hates you. Start there. Yeah, start someone with, who loves Jesus and hates you. <laughs> yeah, correct. yeah, <laughs> correct. Start, yeah, correct. That right. That's how you protect your kingdom out of God's kingdom. And frankly, there's way more joy for Mister Bentley to get in line with what God has going for him, opposed to trying to trudge this path on his own. If that's what he's doing, it's a it's really a, a, a dangerous, dangerous place for him to be. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Hey, you're listening live from the path. Uh, here's hey. I checked the. Um, I checked the complaint line, and I didn't hear any impressions. If you remember, uh, Jay was here, and he did an impression of the the tree beard. Yeah, from the Lord of the Rings. It was very good. And Dan did a Ronald Reagan. That was also that, very I mean, good. it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we said, hey, why don't you call it a complaint line and do an impression? We'll see if we can pick it out because that seems like fun. It's kind of a that's a pandemic type of thing to do is guess this impression, and nobody called. Nobody called. Man. Yeah. And I thought they're doing an impression of someone who likes the show. 
Nailed it. Anyway, here's, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave the complaint line open just for you. Special special this week. I'm going to leave it open in case you want to get that impression of yours that you do in here. Okay? So get it in. Dial it up, 515-517-0085. You're going to call in. You're going to do an impression. And without telling us who it is in the impression, you're just going to hang up. And then we're going to see if we you can You should guess. give them a phrase to say. Uh, how about uh, uh, faithful in the means? God can handle the ends. Okay. Be faithful in the means, God will handle the ends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 515-517-0085. I think we need a Christopher Walkins on that. I think uh, I think Jay did that as well. Yeah, did he? He did a yeah. Christopher Walkins. Here's the deal. Oh. Is I do a good impersonation of Louis Armstrong. No, I don't. But, uh, listen to me. But <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I were to say a particular phrase, it sounds like a, like a Yoda more uh. than a Louis Armstrong if I'm not singing a Louis Armstrong tune. And so I don't do it ever. Mm. Mm. I, I have a, a, my, my lovely bride... And, and I love her with all my heart. Um, whenever she tries, when she tries to quote someone who's of any nationality other than English, they all sign, sound Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> and we're always telling her, you probably shouldn't do the accent. It's, 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 it may not, she's not meaning it in any type of racist right. way. But I'm like, I would probably be offended. If <laughs> <laughs> and we tell her that often. And, I'll, and she's like, looks at me like, no. You you didn't hear me right. No no you're not taking it in. It's like <laughs> no we're we're hearing it correctly. I'm gonna have her call. <laughs> you know my wife does a really good impersonation of me, and I can tell when she's doing it because whoever she's impersonating sounds like a real ape, <laughs> like a buffoon and a half. Hey, we're gonna. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like oh man that was me. <laughs> Why do I sound like that? <laughs> Nathaniel you seem like a dude who does impressions. I've done a few. Okay like get in the microphone. Okay, I mean, give me one. Give me one impression. We'll see if we can guess it. Okay. <coughs> Cookie Monster. <laughs> there will be war. <laughs> Is that Winston Churchill? Yeah. Nailed <laughs> 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 it. Very good, Nathaniel. That's, yeah, that's top notch. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, see if you can at least beat that one. Complaint line. 515-517-0085. All right, so here's the deal. Be I got faithful in the means. <laughs> <laughs> God will handle the ends. <laughs> That's right on. That is, hold on. Now listen. Listen. To <laughs> you were right. That was kind of Yoda. Listen Yoda. to it in song form, though. Ready? Okay. Hello, Dally. This is Lewis. Dally. Okay, it's pretty good. Yeah. See, in song form, yeah. it's all right. On the regular, it's it's pretty poor. No, you look, sound like a guy that's choking on Dr Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not great. <laughs> okay. So I bought GameStop this week. Uh huh. What prompted that, Ben? Did you get it while I was low still? Uh, I mean, I bought high. <laughs> okay. You know, as, as, as people do. <laughs> as, as things <laughs> go in the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so first, I suppose, a quick explanation to understand kind of what's going on. Um, there's two ways to make money in the stock market. Well, I mean, there's a million ways, but there's two basic ways, right? You either, uh, you can buy something, you buy stock at a low price with the hopes of selling it at a high price and making that profit there. The, the other option is to borrow, uh, is make money when the stocks go down. And you're like, well, how do they do that? How do you make money when stocks go down? Well, what you do is, is let's say there's a stock that's worth five bucks and you think it's going to go down to three, three bucks in six months. Okay. So you borrow stocks from somebody uh, with, with an agreement to pay for them six months down the road. And so you take that stock, you sell it to someone currently for five bucks, and then by the time that you actually have to pay it, if you were right, it's down to three. You you buy it from the guy for three dollars, and you have made two bucks. Okay. What's so, that? Is that called a, a call or a put or a? 
those those are related to call options, but like it, it, the put is the right thought. It's you're trying to make money off of, um, you're trying to make money who, off the stock. Who would down. agree to take the risk to borrow you this stock? Yeah, why would I lend that to someone if I think I'm going to lose? Uh, because you have a buyer, you have a guaranteed buyer. And so, like, it, 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 it and I'm getting a cut from the buyer. It, well, no, to a, that, well, no, the guy who borrowed it from you is definitely going to buy it, and he, he, to a certain extent, hedges. Like, he's agreeing to buy it. You, it, you almost have to believe that the stock's going to do worse. So, like, you offer to sell it to him at three. You think it might. You're not sure what's going to happen. You think it might go down to two. Okay. You know so you, before you lose money, you're going to lend. You're, you're him. right. You can. You can. It's a, that's part. That's one way you can oh, use that. It's a stopgap for the seller to go. Look, I. You know, I, I won't take it anymore in the shorts if I get rid of it now. Like you, it was ten. Now it's down to six. Yeah, I mean, or he could have bought it at one. Okay. And he's selling it to you for three, or he's selling it to you for three, even though the current one is five. Like, although I guess he could just sell it for five. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. There's, mm. there's a. There's a there, this is where I get lost on the secondary markets. Very clear. But like, anyway, it's a way to make money. Okay. Okay. So, so basically, what they figured out is a bunch of with the advent of like Robinhood and uh, Fidelity and TD Ameritrade, where people can like do their own stocks like without having to pay commissions on on stock trades. What you found is a lot of, especially during the pandemic, a lot of people get bored. They put twenty bucks in and they start riding to the rails, and they start doing their the trading on their own personal management of of trading, and so. Um, basically, they decided uh, this group of guys on Reddit called Wall Street Bets. It's like a um, it's a group of people who are looking for ways to make money off the stock market. And they said, "Look, we're going to target. Um, we're going to find stocks that hedge fund managers, okay, big big money movers in the stock market, um, have shorted because they can tell, um, or they have they have ways where they believe they can tell um, how how short a stock is, like how much money is betting against it, okay." And so essentially what they're trying to do, one of the motivations is to basically stick it to the man, is to say, look, these hedge fund guys are money makers. They get to move the market all the time. If you've got, a, let's say you got $100 million that, that, to play with in the market. If you, st- um, when money, when people start buying stocks, the price goes up, right? This is general how it works. People start buying, it means there's a higher demand than the price of the stock goes up. And so if you take $100 million and you pick a stock and you buy $100 million worth of stock in there, immediately the price is going to go up. And so the guy who put the hundred million in there can then sell it pretty directly, and he just made he made fifty grand or five hundred thousand for doing nothing, for basically picking a stock. And so they're saying there's the, the markets are able to be manipulated by the force of money, by the power of money. And so these guys say, well, we want to make some money, and we kind of want to we like we think they're unnecessarily shorting some of these stocks. We think they're being unnecessarily harsh to GameStop as an example, because when you start seeing, seeing people short it, then maybe the stock goes down because then people start believing that it's going to go down. Like you can swim, you can swing what people think about the stocks by how much money is moving in and out of it or what they're betting in or betting against. So anyway, so they said, look, so double motivation. We want to hose, we want to hose these hedge fund managers and we're going to try to make some money off it at the same time. And so they basically say, we're going to run up a stock. We're going to run up GameStop. We think it's a good stock. I think it was at like five bucks or something. Today, uh, it closed somewhere like, um, I think like, 220 or 218. Oh, it's up Did something. Did it get up to like 500 though? Yeah, it was it topped out at like 480 or something. Uh I bought I bought a few at like 325. <laughs> I'm in. Um and so it's so anyway, the way that what, the way they did it, well here's what they're doing is like if a bunch of people start buying GameStop, then the price starts to go up. All right? And so these guys who were intending to then um 
Oh yeah, this is this is how it works. This this will answer that first question. So the guy that was intending to sell it, he thought it was going to sell for three, um, and he sold it for um, he sold it to somebody for five, and he assumed that he was going to have to pay three. Um, now he can't pay three because the stock is currently worth a hundred. So he sold it to somebody for five, and now to pay off the borrowed stock, he has to pay a hundred bucks. You see he what has happened? To pay the difference. No, no, yeah, he, well, yeah. So remember, he when he got it, he said he borrowed the stock and then said, "I'm going to pay it back to you." But once I sell it for five, I'm going to pay it back to you. Um, and he assumed it was going to be worth three, but instead, it's not. It's not worth three. It's worth a hundred. And so he he basically ate ninety five bucks. Yeah. Okay. But that also and makes the stock go up. Right. Because he he has to buy that back in. That's right. So when he buys it, then the stock goes up even further. So he has to pay it back like at a certain amount of time. Yes. Yeah. He basically once he grew, when he borrowed the stock, he's got a limited amount of time. And they're often borrowing money to do this. They're not they're using margin. They're 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 not using their own cash. So now they because they have to pay the loan back, they have to sell the stock. That's what's happening. They're yeah. like borrowing $100,000 to make all these stock transactions and then by the time they owe the 100 grand, they got to sell the stock to get it back or they actually have to buy the stock, but they can't pay they can't basically pay it back because they're not going to make any money. Because the now the stock has went up, it didn't go down. It's a, the, the betting against stocks is way more is risky, especially mm-hmm. when you're borrowing money to do it. So like so now they have a loan they have to pay off on out of their own pockets. Uh, yes, yes. So yeah. they're basically eating it. Um, and were they expected to gain two dollars for having borrowed the money per share? Now they're down ninety five dollars per share. Yeah. Now multiply that by you know thousands or tens of thousands of shares, uh, and and these guys are are losing a billion like across the board. All like a bunch of these head fund managers together, like you're you're out a billion bucks for your for for betting against GameStop because simply because these guys chose to run up the price. Now is that like their personal money, or are they using like my mutual funds? Uh, some could, yeah, some could be doing that. Okay, yeah. Um, and so so the 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 basic position then is to say one like teach these guys to start being. Uh, to stop manipulating the market or to stop bet like they think they're unfairly betting against stocks for one um, and, and, and and devaluing companies simply to make money um, not because um, the company is actually devalued yeah or not and, good and I think that's not fair um, I think that's not entirely fair because I think that's probably not entirely true uh, but then there it is there is some probably reality to it too like if you can make money doing it they're gonna make money doing it they don't particularly care that they took down a company's value to do it um, secondly you know, if, if people were in at GameStop for like five bucks, uh, and now the share's worth four hundred and eighty dollars, I mean, you have, legitimately you had people who, you know, had you know a thousand or two thousand dollars in GameStop um, who f- can pay off their student loans because they got forty grand because just because they said, look, uh, it's it's an amateur move. We're all going to get in and we're going to raise the stock and we're going to continue to hold these guys. The basic the thought of the movement is that. Um, all these all these calls are coming up where people would have to uh, a lot of it runs off calls and put options but like all these things are coming up where they're going to have to either to, to cash in and going to have to buy the stocks and when they buy the stocks it's going to like Nathaniel said it's going to force the market to go up even further and so if I'm holding in at 350 all these guys who were originally going to going to buy the buy it and then immediately turn around and sell it to make the profit now have to buy it and it's going to cause the value of the stock to go up even more um, so it's in your best interest if you're uh, the Reddit crowd to buy it and just simply hold until all these guys get out of their short positions, which they think is, is probably the next five months. Wow. I saw uh, one thing about a fellow who before it super blew up, he cashed out his 401k. It was like 50 grand. Yeah. And he put it in the GameStop. Oh, man. 
So then he made like $15 million or something Woo. off this whole GameStop thing. Boy. Wow. And, well, you know what's interesting about, like, I, I went through and I was kind of reading some of the stuff about some of the guys, and they're like, we know there's a risk to this. We know, like, um, if, if people start to bail, the stock price is going to go down, um, and it could go back to where it was at 5 bucks, and we're going to lose 250 bucks a share from where we got in. But they said, we don't care. We don't care. We're holding this um, to prove a point. But, I mean, it, let, let's say that, that the stock is worth... Like uh, GameStop is a great example, right? It was started at five, and you said it closed at like two ten or something. Yeah, right. But is there ever a chance that you go to sell it and nobody wants to buy it? It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Okay, it's called the Sears effect. Mm. What's that mean? <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. Okay. <laughs> like, so oh. like Sears, the company. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of Sears, Nathaniel. What's yeah. the gist of it? <laughs> I mean, their stock was at like I think like. Uh, at the at the top of their stock, it was at like one hundred eighty three dollars in like two thousand eight, and uh, I keep up with it because uh, it's Sears, and it's I think it's a for a while the company was buying back its own stock. Yeah, because cheap. Because cheap, and it was at like thirty cents a share, mm-hmm. and then until they just uh, wrapped up shop and said, yeah, no, it was Sears is no more. Yeah, you could totally. Yeah, so like, yes, you could totally get to a place where, like, if it gets, um, people only buy it if they think they can make more money off it. And so that's kind of what they're saying, though, is that like, if we buy it and we hold it, if no one's selling, then it keeps the the availability of the stock down, uh, and so it'll feel like it's um, the demand will be high and the price and the stock will be low or the availability will be low, and so the price will continue to go up. Okay, basic supply and demand. So, so, so to get to the gist of 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 our question, yeah, is. Hedge fund managers are doing this all the time, yeah, as a cohesive unit. Yes, the redditors are a bunch of amateurs that have banded together as a cohesive unit and just simply targeted it for their own gain. They targeted GameStop and said, "We're just going to blow this one up to just to prove that that is how it works." Uh, yes, and to actually see that uh, some of these hedge fund managers lose a billion dollars. Okay, yeah. So the question is: is like, <laughs> one. Uh, does it present itself to join the redditors as as uh, just frankly a good business opportunity? Because that's the way the market works. The way that market works allows this allows you to mm-hmm. get to to jump in and go, hey man, I see a wave of coming. I'll just as well get in on it. It's not illegal. Uh, the 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 question of morality seems to be if it was. Is there any difference between an organized hedge fund unit doing this and a bunch of amateurs getting together to do it? Does the fact that it contains the motivation to cause the hedge fund guys to lose money, does that cause us a problem for being involved in it? Are you saying, like, does it reflect Jesus to join, to buy GameStop? It, for, for, uh, under for the, the reasons g- that they're giving, right? If it's just a, that's the thing, is where I, find it's a, where I think it's a, it's a seesaw, is because if, if GameStop is a good investment because they're opening 30 new stores and they've kind of come up with a top-of-the-line VR line, then it's just a flat-out good investment, and it's yeah. just regular economy. If it's a good investment because they've been propped up by a band of bandito redditors, and at the same time it seems to be putting the Robin Hood to uh, these wealthy hedge fund pigs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, are you in there for the right reasons? Mm, yeah. No, I'm in for the wrong reasons. That Okay, I agree with that. I mean, it'd be nice to make money, but I, I just I, I, it felt... Uh, you wanted to stick it to the... I did. I did. I felt like getting involved in it. Yeah. You said you you don't need five yachts. You need one. Yeah. I mean the question. I mean the the, the question is that uh, the they don't need five yachts. That is a truth, right? But are 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 the banditos 
the guys to rectify it. Is that the right way to go about rectifying? Is the stock market inherently uh, tipped, obviously, towards the wealthy anyway to be able to manipulate it as they see fit? Well, yes. So, but the wealthy have lost money in the stock market, a lot of it, in the past, and then came I mean, back. I mean, sure. So, so have there been stories about people who lost money? Like, uh, I mean, are these companies or individual people? They're, uh, no, they're fun. They're gr- um, yes, there have been stories of them losing the money, um, but they tend they're they're groups of investors. They're like specifically targeting hedge funds, not like individual guys. I mean, but, is it like ruining their lives, or is it just like, well, bummer, and then they'll no, no adjust for no, next week? Or? It's not ruining their lives. Um, okay. Yeah, and like the type of because the, the the type of guys who this is costing it. Like, if you can lose a billion dollars, it means you had a billion dollars, right? Oh, right. Yeah, like, but having someone come by and egg your house doesn't ruin your life, but was it necessary? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah. if they burn your house down, then you don't have a home. But but is that our <laughs> is that our balance of morality? I guess well, they didn't I'm, burn the place down. They did cause a bunch. I'm of just damage. trying to figure out how much harm did they receive? Is that there's like a bruise a slap hand or is it like are they devastated now and uh i know so i think like their ultimate goal is to try to get these guys to stop shorting stocks and what what they consider to be false manipulation of, uh-huh. of the valuation of a company i so here's here's probably the the thing to consider is that are what the hedge fund folks doing is it legal is the legal and uh, available use of the stock market yes it is and so what the reddit group are doing uh is the same thing. They just don't have the formality of the hedge fund. They're just try. They're doing it in a much more rapscallion way. Mm-hmm. So, so the the so the redditors, the banditos, haven't done anything illegal here. No, oh, right. They're not. just exposing the way that it works, correct, and using it to their benefit, opposed to the yes. hedge funds. Yes. And it just so happens that the hedge fund boys have were betting the opposite direction at the same time, which they knew. They went into it knowing that. Yes, I think they like they had no expectation that someone would try to um, basically combat. Um, their manipulation of the stock. Well, although here's the thing that that's where I think the the banditos are over overplaying their hand a bit. Like the types of stock that we're talking about, the things that they targeted were Game GameStop, um, Blockbuster, and AMC, the movie chain. All three of which I, I assumed were on the way out. They're having a lot of problems in the pandemic area. Yes, right. GameStop because they seriously underpay people for used games and then charge like fifty bucks a game. Uh, Blockbuster for obvious reasons. And uh, AMC as well for obvious reasons, and so like um, the, the, there is an accusation that they're just trying to prop up stocks that like were, these were heavily shorted for a reason, right? Because mm-hmm. because without this type of intervention, all three of those businesses should be doing very poorly during the pandemic, or because of their business. Five model. bucks might have been a reasonable share price, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. Right? Yeah. So I, I suppose there's a ton of people jumping on the Reddit bandwagon now. Oh man, they went. Um, I remember they said that from from that the group. That that does it's like a forum, uh-huh. um, is with like uh, I don't know they gained like eight million additional people. Yeah, because everybody wants a piece of that. Yeah, they want stock <laughs> tips and like I'm it's with fu- the inside trader information. When it, it was funny because like um, they they've been focused on GameStop and then all of a sudden there's just now guys like posting like Hey, let's prop up Bed Bath and Beyond, <laughs> and, and and everyone's like No. We're not going to do bed, and this guy's already bought. Like, I bought a thousand shares. Let's take it to the moon. Like, <laughs> dude, we're not doing bed bath. Stop it. <laughs> but man, I mean, if I was the CEO of a company, I'd be like, hey man, <laughs> let's prop up Mike's widgets. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I like it, here's the thing at the um, it can't end up well. Where where the hedge like if you want to make the accusation the hedge fund guys are creating a false reality there will be a comeuppance on the fact that GameStop is not worth ten thousand dollars a share right it isn't and like the guys who are leading the train 
will know when to get off it. Yeah. Uh, a little guy is going to get hurt. Yeah, Uncle Stan is not is not going to recognize because he's waiting for the guy at the head of the train to tell him when he should get out. Yeah. Um, and so it can't end up. It won't end up well for everybody because GameStop is not worth what we what they valued it up to be. Um, that's a risk in investing. Um, the hedge here's the deal: hedge fund guys take that all the time. They're taking this well. They're probably really mad. They're probably spending a lot of money in in information and. Guys joining the Wall Street bets to get them to go to Bed Bath and Beyond and leave GameStop alone to try to get them to stop. Like they're probably doing a lot, but um, that's the market they're in. Those guys are those guys are prepared for the swings. These the the banditos are running a, a pretty significant risk, even if uh, they feel like the the thing is justified. So so the question is, can I involve myself in a legal activity uh, that otherwise could make money, could lose a bunch? Um, that at least has some elements of spite or comeuppance built into it. Is that all right for me as a follower of Jesus? I don't know. That's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Is I, I always remember growing up, my grandma always used to tell me, uh, because I, had, I got a job when I was like 18 or something, dealing blackjack at a casino, and I thought this is going to be a cool job. My grandma was super against it because it was gambling. It was all around the gambling. And I'm like, Grandma, you're in a stock market. That's gambling. It's the same thing. It's just a, a, a tidied up casino over there. And like it's it's rot with stuff like this, you know? And so like I've always seen the stock market as it's it, it's really hard for people like the 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 low class form of gambling is casino mm-hmm. and, and slot machines. And then the upper class Christianity goes, Well, of course I have a four oh one K. You gambling, right? You got all yeah. your retirement in gambles. <laughs> and so like uh it always seemed like a like a an unfair comparison to me. Uh, when, when they would act like the stock market is holy and gambling is not holy because uh, it's the same thing as far as I was heard. And so this conversation is weird for me because it's a completely legitimate way to make money in the American economic system. Uh, and it's not spoken to in the Bible because we just used to sell bread and cows to people, you know, right. or, you know, or, or make stuff, you know. And, and so, like, it's not an economy that was that was really talked about, talking about the the value of something based on perception you know, opposed to the value of something based on what it is. Like the insurance industry doesn't exist for in biblical times because it's a perception just like the stock market is. So, I don't know, it puts it in, in, a, in a different light for me, and I guess I don't, I can't quite wrap my mind around it to figure out what I think about it, you know? I mean, you, you have the, the parable of the talents where they're investing in something. No, true, where, where interest is brought into play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we didn't get into detail of... of how one made, guy made two and one made five and one made ten and right uh, right you know it's like one was more shrewd um, whatever that is and um, mm. yeah I I guess I don't I don't see I I guess I don't see a problem it's it's not like you've gone to your neighbors and stolen a vase out of their cupboard you know it's it's a uh, you're Playing the game, right? You enhanced a risk that a guy knew he was taking. Yeah, he didn't anticipate it, and that's kind of his fault. Uh, and frankly, here's the thing: if you're free, if you're a free market person, um, this is the right type of balance. Frankly, yeah. Like yeah. if we don't like how people are behaving, and within the confines of the system, you can try to alter that behavior in a in a legal way, then you should. And I think that's what people are doing. Again, yeah. I I don't I think this is super risky, and I think most people should probably stay out of it. Um, yeah. But um, but but yeah. 
I mean, the truth of the matter is no one forced them in the stock market either. No. Just as much as nobody forced the banditos in, nobody forced the hedge fund guys in either. Yeah. And so it, this was always a possibility. Now, whether you thought of it or not, may, I mean, maybe tags you as the smartest guy in the room or not. You know, but the stock market inherently has this risk. And you thought maybe the risk was mitigated because you were a big hedge fund man. And, I, you know, it's yeah. a playing field that you're involved yeah. in, right? Like you can't strike out if you're not a baseball player. And so if, if, if you weren't a stock market guy or weren't in the middle of running a hedge fund, this would never have happened to you. Right. And so I suppose if you agreed to be in this area, this, this does happen. It's plausible for it to happen to you. You don't have a whole lot to be upset about, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I, uh, I had a life insurance policy for a million dollars about 20 years ago. Uh, I, if, I, if I died, some company that I'd paid you know 50 bucks to would have given my family a million bucks. That, that, that's a big loss for them. Uh-huh. Uh, I went into that agreement, but so did they. Uh, I would not have been disappointed if I had died. I mean, I would have been okay. My family would have been disappointed till they got the check. And then they'd be right. like, Dan, Dan who? who? What? Who? <laughs> 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 there was this guy. Uh, now, uh, because I didn't die, uh, they have continued to raise prices. So I have a much smaller policy. Mm-hmm. And one of these days, it's just going to be too expensive for me to have a policy. Um, but that's the gamble. I mean, so I, we, we both went into it with our eyes wide open, knowing the game, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to die someday. Right. Um, they're going to win. They won this one. I'm okay with that. I I, I, I was, I could sleep well at night knowing, well, you know what, if, if something did happen to me, my family's cared for. That's right. Insurance isn't a, isn't a wise investment. It's a risk protector. Yeah. As yeah. an example. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, I don't know, it's, just, it's just different than what we're talking about, but it's like I, I played the game and either way, I don't, I, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm comfortable. Same with the mar- stock market. You play the game. It's like, ah, oh, I win, I lose. Eh. I, yeah. So, so really the only thing that we're looking to protect here is the intention of yeah. investing, right? Like if you are on board just to give the take that to the hedge fund guys, then that's a, that's an area of the heart. You should probably turn around. Dang it. That, just, that is why I'm on board though. If it's a good investment, then it's a good, right? If you read the markets and go, this is where my money should go, I'll make more money. I but it's only that. a good investment if you if you succeed in giving the what for to yeah, the hedge you know, fund guys. That's like if you start, if you open a business and you're, you're selling new widgets, you're competing against another widget maker. Right. And if you're the best one there is and you win, he closes. I mean, that was a bummer for him. It's a win for you. But I mean, that's business. And and Paul's intention was not to put the idol maker out of business. That was not his intention. His intention was to bring Jesus. The idol makers were just a, a unfortunate byproduct, right? But he didn't walk in there going, "I hope these people love Jesus," and I put those ridiculous idol makers out of business. I can't stand right. these guys. Right, right, right. It just happens as the course of what we're doing. So if your intention was to Ooh. put idol man out of business, then yeah. So, but but the question is, is that like? So I was thinking about Paul as a tent man, and if he went around going, "Hey, Paul's tents are better than Chuck's tents," dig classic Paul. Uh, be, but in, 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 a, in a, as a tent salesman, there can be two winners. Paul and Chuck can both sell tents. Right. Yeah. This th- this example is difficult because like somebody's got to lose. Yes. Some guy uh-huh. some guy bet a, bet against the stock. The only way that that guy for someone going the other direction wins uh, is if he bets for the stock. There can't there aren't two winners. But you but you didn't force him to buy stock. Agreed. Agreed. That's the point. It was a voluntary choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. But you weren't going into it to. Merely make money. You wanted to defeat the other man. I think it's. I think that humbling is is a right sizing of the market. Yeah. You're the arbiter of humility now. <laughs> well, well, the question is, is that guy the arbiter of humility? Well, obviously not. But he doesn't deal in humility. You do. We're doing it as a community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of banditos on Reddit, the most moral compass you can find. <laughs> 
You know what? Every time I struggle with one of life's toughest issues, I go right to Reddit because they've never steered me wrong. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. actually know anything of Reddit. I yeah. just I've just heard things. I've I, heard of it. And I like I, I don't actually was on it there. once, but don't I don't do even know what it is. No, it's a cesspool. Uh, oh well, then yeah, this bandito friends on a Reddit. big one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't spend time on Reddit. I just happened to like I. But I when I was reading the articles about uh, where this was coming from, I knew it was coming. Like they said, what that it came from Reddit. Mm. Oh, so you like weren't part of that group? No, no, I'm not. No, you just like when they go out on their nefarious field trips and you join them. <laughs> so as long as they're here and I am too. That's not how I would explain it. I would tell that story differently. <laughs> okay. okay, yeah, hey. complete line time. I tell you what, you got you want to weigh in on this? It's it's it's. I I still don't know that we've come to a a straight black and white on this thing. But uh, go ahead and give a call to the plate line, Ben. Five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Yeah, yeah. Does does Ben need to repent? Yeah. Do I hey, do I need to sell? Do I need to turn from this? Sell my game. I also bought the uh, AMC. <laughs> Did you buy the Blockbuster too? Uh, no, that I one. I thought just, they were closed up shop. Yeah. See yeah. that one. That one. I feel like they were just kind of. That was a weekend at Bernie's. I feel like they just took a dead guy and drove him around. <laughs> like that. That didn't yeah. seem right at all. <laughs> GameStop. I think it got some legs to it. Yeah. I don't know. Games like if you can just think about what GameStop sells. They sell physical games. Uh huh. Which. Nobody buys anymore. You say that, but like, uh, so Google Stadia is a game provider. That's not catching on. It's not. I ca- mean, everybody every buys stuff on Steam though, and or on Xbox mm. or whatever console they I have. They that. buy. They just buy it on the cloud. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm in a physical game is lame. It's days are numbered. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. I'm gonna milk it. It's like the CD case. You <laughs> I'm know? probably Flipping gonna lose the CDs. Look at just yeah. right. Well, people don't do that no more. <laughs> I'm gonna lose big money. Good thing my wife doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> she would not invest in GameStop. <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah, you're listening live from the path. Hey, if I got to get out of it, let me know. Hey, also, here's the thing. I know that there's elements of how I explained that weren't quite right. Because as I was talking about it in my head, I'm like, I missed something somewhere. Uh, I, I mean, if you want to take the time to correct me, go ahead. I'll probably look it up tomorrow and, and see where my explanation went poor, and I'll fix it for next time I have to talk about it. But, uh, you know, whatever. However you spend your time, I don't care. Hey, why, don't, why don't we have stock? From the live from the path? Yeah. We're not a publicly traded company. Well, why not? <laughs> uh, how does that cost, Ben? Uh, we can, can we use your game? Put us on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put us on Reddit. Um, uh, okay, I'll see what it would take to publicly file. We gotta get a board of directors. There's a couple things that gotta be true. We gotta S corp or at least a corporation. But yeah, maybe there's a fee and we can we'll, we'll do a public offering. I nominate Nathaniel to be the president. Okay, all right. Hey Nathaniel, yeah. I need you to go on the Wall Street Bets Reddit and have him yeah. run up our stock. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, I mean, guys, first I need to come up with a silly name. <laughs> I have this exciting my Reddit <laughs> name. <laughs> okay, I there was a, there was an article that I thought that I was going to hit up, uh, but it turned to be I hate this. I go to listen to something online or, or read something online, it ends up being some kind of audio. I don't know who does this. Like, who goes to news sites to watch videos and listen? Do you guys do that? No, I don't go to news sites. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried a couple times like a hundred years ago, and like it's all full of ads, and I just I turn yeah. it off before the news ever gets there. So I'm like, eh, okay. I'd rather read it. Okay, yeah, okay, that's where I'm at. Yeah. There said uh, why Christian men can't find an inspiring example of manhood in churches. I'm like, that's kind of interesting, and I click on it, and it's some kind of 45 minute session of dudes talking. Uh, I got hit, time for that stuff. Hit the read more. Huh. Uh, oh, yeah. Many churches tend to present a nice and convenient Jesus, offering little in the way of manhood. But Parker Green, author of Way of the Violent, wants Christian men to see who Jesus truly is and how he exemplified strength and power through humility and sacrifice. Wait a minute. 
Well, yeah. Churches provide a, a, a what? A what of Jesus? A, a nice and convenient Jesus. Does that mean that that's wrong? We want to see a rude and inconvenient Jesus? I think we want to see Jesus on Reddit. Ugh. Yeah, Reddit. I mean, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Okay. He, he's very polished and very clean and, and, and flowing robes. I don't, you know, I don't even, I can't even pick out a story of which that sounds that way. Uh-uh. Except, uh, yeah, no, no. Hold on. Okay, let's, I'm just going to read. Oh, oh, this looks like an interesting cat. I'm going to read the synopsis of this book, and then Mike, then we'll do some advice. Okay. It says, in this new book, microchurch, microchurch founder Parker Green wrestles with why the American man is in crisis. As men search for meaning in America's churches and for an example of manhood to follow, unnecessary semicolon, they don't find a revolutionary leader in the plastic and convenient Jesus that is taught from the pulpit. Instead, they find a nice man and a good teacher that can't seem to help with their life that's happening now, much less give them purpose and something worth living and dying for. If you've ever wondered why your Christianity, hell, your life, didn't look like you expected it to be, perhaps you need to discover the way of the violent. Perhaps if we can turn to a biblical and powerful Jesus, the one that is very much alive, again unnecessary semicolon, we would find in Christ a man that turned and is still turning the world upside down. Will you join the revolution? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't see getting pumped up about this, but... No, I don't know. Boy, his picture is scary, though. He's wearing white khakis. I'm not afraid of a man like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is, that is a good point. Yeah, the that's way a, of the violent white khakis. Yeah, that's the kind of man who don't change his own tire. Man that wears jeans goes, this tire might blow. I got to be ready for it. <laughs> I can't wear these white pants. White khaki man is assuming all mechanics will work fine, and they never do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, I, whatever. I have a limited scope of churches that I've been in, but like, I, this just, I'm not having this problem. No. Or even my daily Bible reading. There's nothing that goes to me, oh, well, look, this, look at this Jesus not causing right. any trouble. Like, actually, so I, I would tell you this. That if this is your experience with your church, it tells me, and you feel like this book is super necessary for you, you're not reading at home. And you should start there. Yeah. Like if the church, if let, let's say you're the the guy is the, who you're who's teaching you is teaching you some kind of like uh, Barbie and Ken Jesus. Well, I mean that's that's really your fault for you one to sit there and listen to it, and two to not know the difference because you're not studying at home. So yeah, actually uh, don't read this book. Go read the scriptures first, and then we come back to it. Yeah, I very rarely read the Bible and thought, man, I'm doing more than enough. <laughs> I feel like I should tone down some I'm of this worry this. that I'm concerned with, and I'm just going to post it in. Thanks, yeah. Lord. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jesus seems like a nice man with that uh, turning of the temple all and the John the Baptist harassing the people. And Yeah, hey, man, sell all your stuff. Gnashing of teeth. He didn't mean that. Yeah. It's more like, hey, you know, call that number on the TV. <laughs> Get that golden <laughs> eagle coming. Then everything's solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I hate this book. This is a... <laughs> this, this, this is a church guy, I'm interested in this micro-church movement, uh, but this is a church dude, like, pointing fingers at a church when really, like, uh, we have a Christian man problem. Like, the, hey, you're not manly enough, Christian man, who spends his time pointing fingers at another dude who's not doing everything for him. That's dumb. Uh-huh. That's dumb. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah, if page one doesn't say, go read the New Testament and ignore the rest of my book, uh, then this guy is we're paying too much if if this is the root problem if he's like if we're getting a false Jesus uh, then we should like you should know that pretty directly I could pick it out you tell me you don't walk to a church and some guy tells a, sh- a shifty story of which Jesus doesn't come off as as a as a guy who's creating a revolution changing the world pointing fingers and and, and dealing out mercy 
And like, if someone doesn't preach that, you're like, boy, that don't sound like Jesus at all. You would pick it out directly, would you not? Yeah. Okay, then. So like, mm-hmm. this is a <laughs> this is a biblical dude problem, not I need to read this guy's book problem. It don't take how many pages is this? 184 pages. My left toe. <laughs> it take two. You go read the New Testament, and if the guy is not teaching Jesus faithfully, go somewhere else. Love, uh, Parker Green. We should, we should have him on, Ben. Okay. Yeah, I'll get a hold of his representative. Okay. In the meantime, <laughs> anybody can publish on Amazon. So I'm gonna do. I'm gonna publish that book. I'm gonna come up with a premise that's much like this one, a sweet cover, and I'm just gonna say, read the Gospels, page one, page two. No, seriously, go read the Gospels. You misunderstand Jesus. And yeah. just keep flow. I'll, I'll, I'll put 150 pages together. I'll charge five bucks. We'll see what happens. And put on some real pants. Yeah. Don't wear a white pants. What if someone else's tire blows? You ever think of that? Maybe it's not all about you. <laughs> that guy's his wife probably drives him. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. God, I'm going to sound like 1958. But we were at the Hobby Lobby, my wife and I, and like... Uh, the, the, what, cream cheese fell asleep in the back So we left him here sitting in the, in the chair And my wife and the, and the kids went in This is just before Christmas And I swear I counted 20 cars And of the 20 cars 16 The lady was driving hmm. And like I obviously don't care But like it, fe- it, was, it, it looked weird Like I, I, I felt I didn't think anything about the, the lady driving But I did think about the dude And I thought you are lazy And I don't know why I thought that Is is it some lingering uh, gender problem that I have? I don't know. I feel it like feels odd to me. I f- I feel I feel I like to drive my wife around. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's probably low level, not a big deal, right? But like, miss one less thing she has to worry about. I'll take the drive. Yeah, I mean, I don't insist upon it or anything. Like she drives. No, places. and it's not like you're tearing it around like Corvette style. Like I just love to drive this minivan all terror. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just it's not like it's a fun car to tear up or you can turn the tunes up real loud because everybody else is already in there. You know, you're just like I got this handled. <laughs> if it, maybe if it feels like you're taking responsibility for your family, like hey, if it's if if, if there's gonna be not that I don't trust my wife, but like if if there's gotta be someone navigating their safety, I'm ta- I'm gonna take responsibility for it. It, maybe it's a bygone thing, but like I just thought it was odd. And I'm going to tell you this: ninety percent of the dudes that were part of the guys getting out of the driver's side or the passenger side seat, like they were doing, they were multitasking: a sandwich and a cigarette, or something. Like they had, <laughs> a, or a cell phone and a news, like a marketplace newspaper. Like these guys were taking fullest advantage of not driving. Like they were using it for their leisure time. Maybe they were, uh, you know, working the stock market. Maybe they were. Yeah. Maybe these are the guys I'm in cahoots with. I could be. <laughs> My wife drives 22 on Reddit. I always drive, but I, I do that because I feel like people will judge me like Ben. Like I, no. <laughs> I feel pressure. Yeah. I, do. I don't want to drive. Well, they'll like look at me and think, man, this guy, he's not driving because he's got a drinking problem. <laughs> he lo- he oh. can't drive. I feel awkward. I mean, I like it when my wife drives. He's a better driver than I am. But like... It feels awkward for me to sit in a passenger seat. I just feel weird over there. I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the driver's in charge of the radio, so I don't really try to tool with the radio much. I feel like it's rude for me to, like, check my phone when my wife's over here working. She's driving, you know? Uh-huh. I feel like, uh, who am I to bail out, you know, and act like I got all kinds of free time? And so it ends up just sitting there like a goober <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, it feels like you're waiting to talk to the principal. Yeah. And I even <laughs> even when, I'm, when she's not driving, she's at least peering for deer or whatever in the side roads that I'm... 
And, I, and when I'm over there, I'm like, I don't care about no deer, no side road. I'm not even a good wingman. I'm just terrible over there. <laughs> you signed up for the captainship. Go ahead. Yeah. You want to drive this rig? You mm. take us right down there. <laughs> okay. Hey, I, that's, that's bound to be offensive to one of you. Cause it's 515-517-0085. Do you find it odd? Like, is it pretty normal? If one, if you're, if you're a lady, do you drive? And do you find it odd? Was that a conversation in your marriage at all? Or is it just kind of uh, natural? Is this, is this, a, uh, is this a, b- a bygone thing? Yeah, like am I am I retaining old ideas to to have? The, I'm I'm not t- like, again. I'm not saying I feel one way or the about it. I just know that was my reaction, and I I hadn't put any thought into it, but I just thought, why aren't those fellows driving? I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, like it's hard to watch. Like, if 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 the wife goes into Hobby Lobby, she's now she's working, right? She's going to do the shopping. She picks out the stuff. She co- paid for it. Comes back out, and there's your lazy bum still sitting in the passenger seat doing nothing. Yeah, she had she to drive herself drive. there. She had to go out there and do the shopping. And then, and then there you are doing. You at least go in with her. I don't know. You Slavin ape. Yeah, you're out there smoking out the side. Like you're at least. Here's the deal. You're gonna talk on the phone or read the newspaper in the driver's seat because you drove there. Then you feel like a chauffeur because that's what the chauffeur would do. He would wait for the rich guy to come out of the deal and he would keep himself busy in the car. But like, it's like she had to drag you there and then you didn't do anything and then she had to drag you back home. You you didn't add anything to this equation. Yeah. Stop being a slob. You wasted gas. Yeah. With your extra weight. Yeah, smoke at home. <laughs> I also saw two diapers on a light pole, and I, I couldn't figure out why that happened, unless someone had been storing up diapers in their car, and they just decided that's where they were going to put them, and they were sitting there on a light pole. Huh. Or they were. it was a drug deal. I thought that could have been too, like someone had put cocaine in there, and then when someone else was going to come up and pull these diapers off of this light pole, and then that's how they were going to mule uh, illicit materials. And then I kind of wanted to look in a diaper, but I thought, no, that's no. My imagination is going to get me into real world trouble. I'm going to open up this diaper. <laughs> You're involved in a lot of shady things lately. Dude. <laughs> I, I know. I don't understand it. Okay. We can't skip a week. This is what happens to me. Yeah, hold on, dear life from the path. Okay. I seem to be do shading things. <laughs> my name is Ben. Help. <laughs> All right, ready, dear life from the path. My wife and I have been dear friends. One of whom, uh, my wife and I have dear friends. One of whom has been diagnosed with untreatable cancer. The doctors told him to go home and maximize his quality of life. The first step he took was to completely cut us out. We had been friends for years. They watched the big football games with us at our house. When he was diagnosed, I was the first person outside of his family he called. They stood up with us when we renewed our vows. I have cut cords of firewood for them. We traveled together. Recently, the wife posted on Facebook that when undergoing trials, you find out who your friends really are. We have been tossed aside like worn-out shoes. My question is, when he passes, if we learn about it, would it be appropriate to attend the funeral to say goodbye to this man we dearly love and offer our condolences to the widow? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, did you ask? Did you check up? Like, there had to be... Here's what I love about... Here's what I love about Victorian novels. Okay? 19th century. Well... Yeah. The opium. <laughs> no. No. They always have... They always have the conversation. Modern novels don't always do this. Like, modern stories, people don't always have the conversation you want to have. But, like, those novels, those things were like three or 400 pages. Every time you wanted someone to talk to somebody about the thing, they talked about the thing. And they said it in the way that you would want them to say it. Hey, what's going on with the thing? And they would say it. Uh, and it, it makes me, and I'm always satisfied with this, because I want, I want to hear what people react when confronted with the thing. And so my immediate question uh, to this Jane Austen here is, did you talk, did you, did you say... Why did you cut us out? And he said, well, I'm dying, and I got to cut wheat from chaff. Like, is that what happened? Like, what happened? Did you ask the man? 
Right. Surely it came up. Hey, well, no, we, we, hey, we usually meet for bridge on Thursdays. Are we going to make it? No, and never again. Like what? <laughs> Something had to have happened. I mean, they stood up with you when you renewed your vows. You're cutting firewood for the man. That it, I feel like you just, I mean, here's the deal. People people get a diagnosis like this. Like it just, it, it wrecks your whole mindset. You don't even, you're not even looking at life clear. It's a big fog, right? And you're trying to figure out what do I do? I mean, how do I sum up a life? I mean, I'm facing a, an illness here. The wife's looking at being alone. And, and like, they got a lot of weight going on without mm-hmm. trying to carry your perceived slight. Yeah, right. right? That seems uh, unfair. <clears throat> now, granted, I, I'm sure you feel like you were tossed aside, but, like, can you imagine how much pedaling they're trying to do under the water here and figure out their own stuff? I mean, sometimes people just cannot carry your weight at the moment, and that does not mean that they're right and, or, and you're wrong or the opposite. It just means they can't hold your self-esteem right now. They're, they're kind of buried. Did you hear what happened to them? Untreatable cancer diagnosis? I mean, give them a give them a little space and a little room for error here. And and then I think Ben's right. Like, just say, look, is there any way we can support you? Is there anything that we're not thinking of? I realize we can't travel together anymore, and, and, and I loved all that time. I realize you're not going to be out cutting firewood. Can I still cut your firewood? Right? Like, there's a lot of stuff to offer and go, look, you just need someone to sit in a room with you and, and talk about the fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm in. You know, but like... They don't know how to interact with you. All the things they were building for, all the things they were trying to get to, um, in their eyes are 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 fleeting, you know. And so, like, what do you expect out of them? I think you just, I think you owe them a little bit more grace here. That's all. This, these are tough. No one, no one knows how to handle this. There's not a, there's not a guidebook that rolls through this, right? Like how to control the human mind when you figured out that your human mind is no longer going to be necessary, yeah, right? It's just yeah. tough, you know. So I, I think you just, as as nice as you seem, you seem like nice folks and. Uh, but like, I feel like you just you just focused a little too inward at the moment. I, I can't think of a more arrogant thing to do than to say, "Hey, you have terminal cancer. Why don't you like me?" <laughs> right, <laughs> I, right. I mean, get off yourself. That's number one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> number two, when someone has a terminal sickness, their circle of friends immediately starts getting smaller, and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller until you get to the point where it's your immediate family at your bedside as you breathe your last. It's a continual journey getting smaller because you don't have the energy. You don't have the health. You don't, I mean, you know, guess what? I'm not ever going to travel again. I ha- I don't need to have that conversation. Right. You know, um, maybe you depress me. May, here's what I think. I think they're more, uh, their arrogance has shown. They probably said offensive things in the first place. Yeah. And they probably like, we don't, we, you know, I've got six months to live and I, I don't have time to be offended by you. And and so that was one of the first cuts of people. It's not intentional. It's not because they're trying to be mean. It's just that they don't have the ability to entertain everybody. They're dying. Right. So let them die. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean that, you know, I'm just saying no, give no, them yeah. peace. Yeah. This, and then of course you're going to go to the funeral. Yeah. Yes. You of were course. important people in their lives. Correct. And you might find that a wife or husband, I don't know who was, who was had that cancer or who didn't, but like, I mean that's that's a a lot of weight on them mm-hmm. as well. Yep. And like uh you know you might find somebody that really just needs a hug that day and is looking at a burden being lifted but also a giant hole being created. And so like these are I mean these are really complex emotions and if you expect people to be right on the dime, you know, of all doing all the right things and saying all the right things and having all their stuff together, yeah, I mean you're just you're not looking at it's it very well. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, I think you just need to turn up a little bit. Yeah, it's not about you. If you want to take a step and and just 
and, and not again, not anything about you, but reach out to the whoever the spouse is who isn't sick and just say, hey, we just send them a card. That way yeah. they, don't, they don't feel like they got to answer the phone. No text message. Just send them a card. Say we were thinking of you. Def, please let us know. Can we bring you a we meal? Do. Yeah. Can we, you know, whatever. How can we help? Yeah. And she doesn't respond. Fine. She doesn't respond. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Go to the funeral. What if they're just busy? You know, they're just they're skydiving. They're Rocky Mountain climbing. Ooh, they could be out tearing it up. Bucket list stuff. Maximizing. They could be, you know, riding a bull named Fu Manchu. Right. These I are mean, all things that other people may or may not have already thought of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. You're right. I I think you're just uh, you're a little focused on yourself right now. Yeah. Now, granted, maybe you're having a hard time with it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. You like got to process your, it too. Yeah. Right, you got to process it too. But like. Uh, let, let's go by by impact circles and go. It's got to be impacting them more. Put yourself on the back burner and go. I can I can take a, a seat back for a minute. Mm-hmm. All right. Secular says everyone reacts differently after receiving a diagnosis like the one your friend received. Some people reach out for support, but a sizable number of do the opposite. They circle the wagons, which may be what this man has done. It would be interesting to know if his wife was aware of the message you were given, because from what she posted, she may not have been. I think it's time to reach out to her privately and ask her how you can be supportive, if only to her. And yes, when he passes, you should pay your respects and offer condolences. Funerals are for the living. Hey, man, that social media post isn't about you. Knock it off. No, well, that's the problem with social media. If somebody wants to talk about one person and they make a generalized statement for all people, and everyone who's their friend goes, you talking about me? And then it causes a big comeuppance for no reason. Yep. It happens in my house all the time. I want to. I want to. I got one kid causing the problem, and I make the mistake of just addressing everyone. You guys keep doing this thing, and then I got to listen to three people defend themselves. And the person who's actually guilty doesn't bother saying anything. They just get on board with the others like they're not guilty. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Just say the say the kid. You kid number two. You totally failed here. Yeah. I'm not speaking about everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak to everyone else's frailties right now. <laughs> uh, should we do this one about the man? This one's sad too. Okay, here we go. We're going to do it. Okay. Dear life from the path. For the past few months, I've been seeing a gentleman in his late 50s who lost his last girlfriend, mm. Vera, in a tragic accident. Her death was less than a year ago, and he is still grieving, which I respect and I'm not uncomfortable with. My beau has low self-esteem. He thinks the relationship he had with Vera made him a better person, and that without her, he will be less so. I understand his sorrow and that he needs more time to sort through his feelings, but... If things work out with us and we continue to see each other, I want to know how I can also make him feel like I'm helping him be a better person. He says it has, quotes, just the relationship they had. It was, quotes, just the relationship they had, and that he doesn't know how to put it into words. I don't want to replace Vera or copy her, but I do wish I would uh, I'd understand what she did to help him believe positive things about himself. Uh, we're, this is a no-win situation here. Yeah. You can't give advice. Like he, she, the, She's essentially asking... What what did this now deceased woman do in life to otherwise make this guy feel better about himself? And she's a, she's gone, and he can't explain it. Yeah, you're shooting in the dark here. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a no win, frankly, because if he can't if he can't put his finger on it, um, I wonder if he'd even recognize it. If you like, if he he's bucketed into such a thing that says it wasn't anything that I can explain. It's just Vera. In which case, you can't be Vera, and I think you're in a really, really tough spot. Mm-hmm. And he's, pro- he's not doing it intentionally. Right. Um, b- but I, you, it does run a risk that, like, re- you could do the exact same thing she was doing. Like, maybe she was writing him a card every day or saying encouraging things to him or whatever. Like, it could be ten things that she did. You probably could reproduce those, and you run the risk that it doesn't 
it doesn't change because you're not her. And so that's um, I, that doesn't sound like great advice, but like I think it's a it's a it's a risk if if he's explaining the way that he's talking about it. Um, it's not as easy as how can I do the things that she was doing. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. She, she, he, he was not ready for a relationship yet because he's still healing, but he was lonely, so he reached out. So, part of that's on him, but part of that's his process of healing. He's he needs relationship. Yeah. Uh, so this just calls for patience. Uh, his his perfect relationship with this other woman is perfect because she's no longer there. Right. You know, and now she's become a saint. You know, because when someone passes away, they can be the biggest turd in the community, but they everybody loved them at the funeral. Right. You know. Um, so he had a good relationship, but they weren't married. There was his girlfriend, right? So mm-hmm. there wasn't that relationship. Uh, maybe it was headed there. Uh, but anyway, he, he's living in the the aftermath of, of, of she's the best person ever because she's gone. And just just give it an, at least another year yeah. uh, and let, it, let him heal and let the relationship. You be you. Otherwise, you'll never be able to, you know, keep up yeah. being someone else. And and just love him and, and accept him and give him space and you'll be the next great thing. So, hey, Dan said turd and you didn't chastise him. You yell at me for my barroom talk. No, I don't. Yeah, I never say do. one thing. Yes. Name what last time I said something. When I said the the W. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's bar. Mine, mine's more just um, uh, outside talk. Yeah, it's not yeah, really Dan's bar is room. just outside. Yeah, right. Yours is in the den of iniquity. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. State yeah. fair. This is the state fair talk. <laughs> Dan's in here using his bin talk. <laughs> all right, Secular says, in order to, oh boy, in order to understand that, it would be helpful to see if he can explain the reason for his low self-esteem. She just said he could not do that. Mm-hmm. Was it hypercritical parents? Difficulty fitting in with peers that started when he was in school? Yeah, are you a trained psychologist? Not receiving enough positive feedback in his youth? He's like 50. He's in his 50s. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing about youth matters anymore. (laughs) It started in my youth. (laughs) Once you gain more insight, you may be able to find the answers you are looking for. Both partners in a relationship should use whatever attributes they have to make each other feel positive. However, please recognize it should not be your responsibility to prop him up on a continuing basis. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That puts a lot of, bur- like, uh, basically, hey, how good are you at getting down to his deep emotional scars and issues? Like, that's a heavy b- burden to put on somebody. Yeah. Here's, if he's, like, if you get, um, I could be wrong, maybe this is too simplistic thinking, simplistic thinking, but, like, I feel like right relationships begat conversations like that. Like, if you, if you put yourself in a position where he trusts you, um, and thinks that you might be able to help him, then I think he will naturally... People tend to work in their own self-interest. I think he'll bring it up. He'll say, hey, you know what? I think I know what I'm feeling. Or I think this is the thing that's really... I've, I've, I've tried to... I, you've asked me, and I, I feel bad because I can't come up with an answer, but I've been thinking about it, and I think this is this is maybe the thing. Because you want that type of resolution. You want to... Someone who, like, who you like wants to help you. You want to reciprocate and, and allow them to a lot, most of the time. Um... And so my guess is that he'd want to participate, but like I, I wouldn't force it. I would just, I think Dan's advice was great. Just continue living the, being in the relationship you are. Probably guard that he doesn't try to push things too fast without having resolved some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, as you guys get closer and he's, he's and he's as he gets further away from it and as he starts to your relationship matures, um, I think it'll come up. 
I, I think it will, and I think he'll be able to articulate himself. I think he'll figure out a way to do it. Something will help trigger it for him. But like, if you go digging yeah. at it, I think that's not going to work out well. I, I had I had a thought. Um, what was my thought? <laughs> what was um, shoot? What, it was a really great thought. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I know the second half of the thought. There was a first half that I can't remember. The, the second half was, was that you're. Oh, this was it. You're you're trying to to get a check off list from him. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, if I just make chocolate malts, that's what he wants. Uh, you know, and and he he can't think of it. So so you need a different approach. Just start saying, tell me your tell me the story. Tell me the story of her. Right. And as he tells the story of her, he will tell you what he loved about her. Hmm. And, and whether he knows it or not. And then if you listen, don't don't repeat it, you know, verbatim. Oh, I loved it when she wore that green shirt, you know. Right. Uh, but but you'll you'll learn what it is that she did that he loved and then you can do likewise. Yeah. Yeah, your goal is not to be a second stream Vera. Yeah. You know, your goal right. is to be you. Uh but you do I mean, if you love him, you, you know, you got to help him walk through that cuz uh, once again, it's just like the first question that we answered. Grief is a tough deal, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just a tough thing and and it's, and it's sporadic and and you can get to know and like uh, there are I, I, there's some classes that are really helpful for this kind of stuff. Um, most of your local churches will put them on. You put know, on a grief share, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put on a grief yeah. share, like uh, it, you know, uh, whether that seems to be your tune or not, um, it, it really is helpful, especially to be around other people that are going through the same thing. It's the same reason we do uh, whatever. Insert your sin anonymous, right? Like we just sometimes you just need a little help in a little community. You were designed for a community. God made you for community. You should probably help. You should probably use it. Yeah. Okay. You want to do another one? Uh, we're done. We got a short one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, here, yeah, do the short one. Okay, here we go. Last one. Dear Life from the Path, I have a close friend who recently had a baby with serious health problems. Oh. Unfortunately, we live on opposite sides of the country and I can't afford to fly out there. I want to help, but short of calls and texts to let her know I'm thinking of her, I'm out of ideas. She mentioned several times that with all the work of being a new parent plus the extra work involved with the child with special needs, she often doesn't have time to prepare healthy meals and reverts to junk food that she can grab easily. Mm-hmm. Ordinarily, I'd bring over a few meals to help out, but that's impossible to do when she's so far away. Restaurant gift cards would be an option, but unfortunately, she and her husband don't have the time to go to restaurants. Wow. I'm hoping you might have other ideas on how I can help out from afar. Have it delivered. Yeah. What the heck? Do the butcher box or whatever. Like, yeah. order from the local place, have it delivered, or go online for where they deliver like two meals a week automatically from some store in Illinois or something like there's all you live in the age of this right this this you were built that's right for these kind of things right the now pandi- in fact the pandemic has made all this possible this these eras were made for you just start ordering stuff and have it delivered directly and use the Amazon pantry there's a yeah call so here's the I, I assume that they're friends maybe she's from the area maybe she got other people in town that can also take meals over say hey look can you put a casserole together and take it over to Su- Suzanne and Ted yeah I mean, there's four ideas right there. Yeah, that's a start. Nathaniel? Blue Apron. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Blue Apron. What did I, what did I say? The Schwan, if you want to be in 1985. Okay, use the Schwan Man. <laughs> Schwan Man's coming by. Rona. Yeah. Okay, there's, there's, we have to five or six ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get them hooked up with a, with a mail-in food plan, uh, if you want to help in that way, and then encourage them to go out. It encourage them to, 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 I mean, I don't know how freshly born this kid is, and especially if you're first kid, I'm sure it's, it's, it's very taxing. But, like, um, the thing is with, with special needs uh, situations, right, you can, you can let it be, it's always going to be a thing, but, like, it's your choice of whether you def- let it define you in your entire life, right? Those kids can still go out to eat. 
Just like you would take us, you know. I mean, I generally keep my kid home for like six months because they can't behave themselves in restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. They cause a big ruckus and ruin everybody else's time, you know. But like, that comes with having a baby anyway, right? Like you signed up for this, you knew what, what it was going to produce, and so like, uh, your life's going to change a little bit. Um, after that, um, you take them out, take them out. You know, they're they're your kid. You love them. They want to go out to restaurants too. Everybody loves restaurants. Yeah. So uh, you know, I think you're going to have to find a way uh, to not let. Uh, this define what your life looks like from now on. Like you're gonna have to make some concessions. Some things are gonna change, but like they don't get to be red letter changes unless you dwell on them and say this is a red letter change. It's a big hairy deal. Um, you know your life does look different, and there are struggles that you're gonna have that uh, that other people don't. Um, but like it, it it's I can't, that sounds so insensitive, uh, and I don't mean it to be. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is is like some of these special needs stuff like it, it's just part of your life it doesn't get to rob any of your any of your joy it's just different and so you know don't ho- hold yourself away and hide and act like it's not going to work you, you'll figure something out everything's everything's cool right just keep just keep plugging away at it ready yeah Secular says go online and research food delivery on the web especially in the city or town where your friend lives some businesses deliver prepared meals on a weekly basis other companies ship boxes of wonderful fruits every month but before doing anything, ask your overwhelmed friend what she and her husband think might be helpful rather than try to second guess. That's true. Yeah. Hey, man, what can I do from across the country? Nothing, man. You're too far away. Can I send you some chiquita, some chiquita bananas? Where am I going to store all these bananas? I'll just, we'll send a device. Very low on freezer space. The, yeah. These are a burden to me. Ted loves bananas. Yeah. The huh. worst thing you can do is talk yourself out of doing a, a, a nice thing because you worry that it might be a burden on others. I yeah, I, 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 my, my wife's grandpa, and he was a super nice guy, right? But he was getting old to the point where he, he couldn't deal with his dog. He had like a, a German Shepherd or whatever. And he gave us the dog and said, hey, uh, if you guys want her, you can take care of her, right? And I thought, well, that was super cool. You know, we'll certainly do that, you know? And then the dog started having some health problems. And I go in to pay the vet or whatever. He's like, it's already been taken care of, right? Grandpa had not intended that dog to be a burden to us at all. And so he was still paying the vet bills on the dog behind my back because he goes, <laughs> can I call him? I'm like, Grandpa, it's not your dog. And he goes, I didn't intend that dog to be a burden to you. I got this covered. I'm like, boy, if I could be this man, right? Like he yeah. thought, I mean, he's just, he's got the whole angle covered, right? Not only, <laughs> hey, most people think I gifted them a dog. That was nice of me. He's like, I'm not gifting them a burden of any kind. So I will make sure this is covered. So like, if you're going to do cool stuff, uh, be like Grandpa. Put some thought on it and make sure you got the bases covered so it doesn't, like, if you think this, you get a bunch of Blue Apron delivered, uh, you best buy them a deep freeze. Have that delivered, too. And so here, <laughs> hey, there's deep freeze just in case you yeah. didn't have one. I mean, be real cool about it. Put some time and effort into it and be and be awesome like Grandpa. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Hey, you've been listening live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. We really do appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. I don't know if there's any uh, major takeaways except for, hey, you probably shouldn't buy GameStop. Yeah. Uh, if you're Todd Bentley, we want to talk to you. Yeah. And you probably should have that one guy who, who thinks you're not fit for ministry uh, pray for an angelic vision. Yes. You guys can get on board, then we're in. Yeah. Past that, we think you probably should uh, stay out of it. And uh, the thirdly, use an online delivery uh, food service. Yeah. That's a just, good idea. Just roll, slow your roll when it comes to people grieving. How about, let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah Don't yeah, assume yeah. that people are, are, are off the rails or making terrible decisions. They're going through. This is be true of everybody, even if they're not grieving, right? Give Cut people so, some slack here and ignore what's on Facebook, right? But cut people some slack. They could be under so much weight that you know nothing about, and they're making weird decisions or they're not calling you fast enough, and you automatically take offense. Yeah, think of every movie. Think of every movie you've ever. I watched I think this because I watched a movie within the last few days. 
And like every movie that's got like some kind of plot twist at the end, um, where it like emotionally grabs your heart, most of the time it's because there's a, there's a central relationship of which one character misunderstood another character's uh, motivations or actions prior in the life. Something between them got got jumbled up, and then you find out later on the movie's like, oh man, that really wasn't what happened. Uh, this is what caused that, and that's why I was never at your birthdays. Or something. You know, like, it's that kind of thing, and you're like, oh, maybe this guy was all right. And, like, I, I get that it's not all the way true, but, like, just realize that, like, we, we can walk through basing our lives on misunderstandings, um, and it's not worth it. And we invested a lot in something that wasn't actually there. It wasn't a true thing. And your, your true anger or hurt or pain or whatever... Um, manifested from something that wasn't true to begin with. It was a false thing. So just be careful. Yeah, Make and sure. you don't have to be angry at them, even if it is true. Yeah. That's your choice. Yeah, that's right? true. You don't have to be mad at them, even if they did cut you out and, and push you off to the side yeah. and then treat you like old Vera or whatever. You can only have to be mad at that if you want to be. That's completely within your options. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Um, we do intend to be here next week if we can. So uh, uh, we'll see you then. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to... Life in the path. Be faithful in the means. That's terrible. I will handle the ears. Nope. Nope. Just it's just awful. There's nothing. Put up the trunk. <laughs>